Hello, and welcome to this eighth episode of the CoLab cast coming to you from our studios in Clearwater, Florida. I'm Executive Director Christina Baker. We are running unscripted, unedited, with the co-founders of the CoLab today. Woo woo. What up? So we have T Hall, and Tyler Nate. Hall, Nady Nate. Nate Bardak coming in strong. Yeah, so I'm the creative director of the CoLab Studios here in Clearwater. Love what I do. It's the best thing on earth with the best people on earth. Amen. Nader? I'm, I'm Nate, the uh, sound engineer over here, and I can say this is not a job. It's definitely something I look forward to doing every day. So these people are fun to work with, and we get a lot done. That's all I can we say. We do, we do. So we thought we would do this podcast together with the three of us to give our audience a little background of how we got started. And like I said, this is unscripted. We really haven't talked a whole lot, the three of us, about uh, our beginning. And it just kind of, um, you know, stars aligned kind of thing. Um, I'm going to start, I think, with my my viewpoint, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll uh, squeeze hands and go around the room or something. Sounds <laughs> good. So I was full-time working for Big Blue Dive Lights, the job that I love uh, for the last eight years. And alongside of that, doing some drumming with uh, Aaron Boone and Todd Hughes, a.k.a. Rhythm and Boone. And we had been gigging about once a month for the last few years. Um, Aaron and Todd played more than I did, but I joined the band uh, roughly once a month. And for the last couple years, I just didn't feel a passion for it. Um, and I was looking to get into something else, but I wasn't quite sure what that was. And COVID hit. And as many of you and almost everybody, I think, fell into this slump of what's happening, what do we do, I've lost my, you know, passion, mojo, whatever, because everything was just at such an uncertain, uncertain point. And I think we were all just, you know, wondering what was coming next. And there was really not a whole lot of ways you could prepare and what's the world going to look like next and how am I going to fit and is my business going to survive? Are we going to have jobs and all of those things that I'm sure, you know, run, has run through a lot of people's minds over the last years. So as things uh, got somewhat back to normal, um, that's when our business picked up enough to where we could, we were looking to hire some employees, and that's where Tyler came in uh, to Big Blue. And he brought a for me, renewed sense of drive. Here's this this young guy, driven, hungry, um, with fresh ideas. And it really inspired me again to focus my attention, period, focus my attention. I mean, I was just kind of floundering and we were just getting by 
And so, it, you know, he really brought that energy and drive and made me realize, yeah, this is a really cool thing and an exciting business. So with that excitement on the business side, it really ignited my creativity side again. And so I was then open to what's my next chapter with music. Um, I knew that I really didn't want to gig out anymore. And I had let the band know, you know, I'm retiring, I'm really not feeling it. And they were gracious and understanding. But I wasn't sure, where am I going to go next? What am I going to do? I had always thought about a studio in the back of my mind. And I thought, you know, in a framework of helping others and using, um, you know, my gifts and my knowledge and um, just the, the things that I learned throughout my career in music, uh, you know, on the business side and the creative side, and how can I help younger musicians come up? Um, and that's, you know, I really didn't give it a whole lot of thought. And so as business with Big Blue kept growing, we, again, needed somebody else so Tyler suggested his buddy, Nate. Hey, my buddy's looking for something part-time. I'm like, great, bring him in. Let's interview him. So we did, and, you know, he was a good fit. And so enter Nate Bardak into our little Big Blue Dive Lights business world. What up, family? Family, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Stay, right? True, true, true. So Nate started for a few weeks and was learning uh, the ropes here at Big Blue. And Tyler had mentioned, oh yeah, he, you know, Nate, Nate does studios or builds studios. And I was like, come again, you know? And I, I didn't give it too much thought and cause here's this young kid, what the hell does he know? You know, like, meh. So, so then I think Nate, help, you're gonna have to help me out on this because my memory is super foggy. But I think you you approached me, and were like, "Hey, let's talk about this." I I had heard. Well, yeah, Tyler had mentioned that, like the drumming thing was your thing. That's something you were passionate about, and I was super interested in just knowing what you knew or learning what you've learned. And it's, I mean, as far as Tyler knows we've been pretty much dedicated to finding out like the bottom line about things for years. So music was my thing as far as that goes. So once I heard you were into it, into it, I was like, how into it are you? You know? So I'm glad that you had that mindset as far as being super serious about it. Cause it's not every day you find somebody that wants to do something with music once they have that love for it. So, I mean, the studio thing was, just a cool idea that I've had for 10 plus years. And you said, let's do it. <laughs> so that was, that's pretty much how it went. And then the to work be started yeah. immediately. Well, we approached yeah. Tim, our uh, boss and the owner of big blue dive lights. And, you know, I, we had this little workshop in the back that really was more a, a storage room here in our office. And I kind of casually pitched the idea to, to him and he was like absolutely go for it so boom we yeah <laughs> we went into immediate action oh yeah overnight we were yeah we had our studio uh 
No, definitely not overnight, but we, I would say, but it was pretty fast, maybe two or three weeks. Yeah, and I, we had, I, I would say three weeks. We were, you know, got everything in, got all of our furniture moved in. First things we had to process. do was really clean everything and, you know, uh, make it a studio soundproof mm-hmm. and just make it really solid. We thought about it too, pretty, uh, pre-constructively. I mean, we, we knew we're just building a studio, but we really wanted to cater to certain aspects of it because you can go blow a bunch of money on a studio and it's not going to be what you want at the end of the day. So I think that was cool that we figured out what we wanted and we're happy with what we built because, I mean, that's an important part to want to bring people here, be proud of it, show off what we know, and not just say it's a room that we just threw down some money for. Right. It's actually something we care about and have a passion for, so I feel like it'll follow, you know, years of care and people appreciating that as well. Yeah, and the first, you know, we're just so new into this, but we've had just a tremendous response from the people that walk in. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa I didn't, yeah, I wasn't expecting this, and yep. it looks great, and it sounds amazing, and, you know, so our, our little uh, starting point here is, I think, you know, we, we're very proud of it. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Not just the the sound but the the feel and the vibe of the room and the lighting and the curtains and the rugs and all of that works together to you know make musicians feel that relaxed so that their creativity can pour through not have an uptight you know vibe going through here and i think the way that we greet people when they come in and you know that that kindness and chill and you know we're I just really am proud of all of you know both of you guys and just the way that we've kind of come together on that and it's been really unspoken I mean we we haven't talked about that um and I think that's just I'm really proud of that I'm I'm happy to have anybody walk in here I don't care who they are I have full confidence that every person that walks in here is going to be treated with respect Mm -hmm. and be you know you guys are going to do the best of the best that you can bringing your abilities Mm -hmm. to the table um speaking of that let's give a little history nate if you will of your background um coming up to this point just real quick going back to what you just said about having people be comfortable in here i can Mm -hmm. say that relates to my full ability uh, to build stuff like this pretty much growing up. I had two extremely supportive parents that are still supportive to this day. Love you, Mom and Dad. They took the heat, basically, or sound particularly, all throughout the night, <laughs> let me do my thing, and basically learn. So that's just, um, I was a kid that was real eager to learn what he wanted to learn and nothing else. So I would find something I was interested in and then just go really hard in that. So studios or music or basically the understanding of sound was something I got as a young kid and it felt like I was, um, no one could take that from me. So when I'm Mm -hmm. hearing something, that's my opinion. That's my personal feeling on it. And I felt prideful of having just that feeling. So I started putting speakers in different places and recording things and learning how to play tunes on the piano that I liked or just listening to radio stuff and trying to edit it and just pretty much experimenting. So 
10 years go by, I've probably manufactured two or three or four different control rooms, as they would call them. It wouldn't be um, considered a full studio at that point. But uh, when I pretty much linked up with Christina and Tyler after so many years, I had all this knowledge of what it takes to get good sound. And you don't need that much. You basically need experience and the right tools and know how to use them. So like I said, I was doing this for 10 plus years and then the opportunity struck to where it could be a almost a calculated thing rather than um, just throwing it in your parents' room or just your home studio and making it work. So we thought about it pretty deeply and thought about what we could use, you know, equipment-wise. And I think everybody that's come in here has been more than sufficient wowed. with what mm -hmm. they want or what oh, yeah. they need or what we can give them and wowed. Mm -hmm. So that's also a big plus for us because it's not just stuff that we're saying we can do. It's stuff yeah. that we're doing other it. people are doing that's and right. we're doing it just as well and we're confident in saying that so that's yeah. a that's pretty much where i've wanted to be as far as <coughs> excuse me a career or um something that i can go and do and know i'm good at it and we're yeah. we get compliments on being good so i can say that's all i can ask for so as why far do as the collab goes why do you think it took you 10 years or 12 years to get to the point where you were ready to you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this as my. This is my jam. This is my thing. As an engineer or a said engineer, I could honestly admit that I don't think you're ever at a point where you feel like you're good enough in this um, sort of endless world of sound. But I knew once I could f um, help other people's music become its full potential that's where i knew it was uh an important role rather than something that i was uh i could just do it's something i should do mm. is i mm. could hear sound in a different way and enhance it to the point where it's better and that's my job as an engineer it's not to change the music it's just to make it present itself in the proper way so right i mean i was making lots of music for years. Tyler was the first person to show me Ableton. He brought me to hey. good old good old Joe. Shout out Joe. That's um, called a creative director. He right? basically mm -hmm. he knew my little mind would see something like that and say, all right, that's freaking interesting. I want to do that. And I he did, did the same thing. That, I mean, There's no way. How would I know that you'd, you'd spend the next 10 so years So how did that, yeah, how did that, that? All, how did that all go you down? You want to tell that story? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So, you know, we, we had a friend in high school. You know, me and Nate met a long time ago. Uh, I'd say I was a sophomore at Palm Harbor. And, you know, we used to ride BMX bikes. That was our jam. I used to see him Good on his BMX, BMX bike, man. and I was like, yo, do it 180. <laughs> and he was like, nah, you do one. <laughs> I was like, all right. So we ended up just riding bikes and hanging out a lot. Um, you know, I wouldn't say we were, like, the closest, best buddies, but we were definitely... We you lived know. two streets over, which was convenient. Mm -hmm. We were we were close enough to, you know, share ideas and spend a lot of time uh, hanging out. So I entered, so me and Nate, uh, you know, just we loved music together. We would always be jamming out um, with car speakers. Um, and I introduced Nate to one of my other friends that I met in high school. And he was a music producer. He started when he was like 16. And we all used to just go over to his house and we'd 
just crank for hours, crank music, and I'd always get the, you know, the vibe of I want to create stuff, like, repetitively, so. Were you painting? You were painting then? Nope. No. Not painting. Not you were started, just, okay. Nope, I hadn't started painting yet. He was doodle master, though. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> since a kid, doodling everywhere yeah. on everything. Um, so, yeah, I've always been that creative mindset. Um, so, yeah, when I got introduced to Ableton, I really wanted to share it with everyone. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest thing in the world. I loved it. I never really spent a ton of time doing it, but it just was another creative outlet for me to just, like, let go and be free. Like, no worries at all. So for, for those that don't know what Ableton is, yeah. can you both kind of give us a, a good description? Pretend like like you're, there's no musicians in the room and you got you to gotta describe it. So I'll start off just a little bit. Um, Ableton is basically a music production software. So what that means is you can um, input um, any sort of instrument into this software, external instrument or internal instruments, and you can play or write music the same way that you would with an external instrument, but all digitally on a computer screen. Um, Nate probably has a way better in-depth <laughs> engineered answer than me. That was very clean uh, as far uh, as Google would, yeah. would Google describe. Google my mind right now. No, that's perfect. <laughs> it is so intricate that it's kind of hard to explain, but you said it correctly. It's just a digital worksheet, basically, similar to Microsoft Word, Paint, anything like that. Just very uh, intricate. So you have pretty much every option as far as... Um, taking an instrument, whether it's live or digital, and just recording the uh, pattern that you'd like. So you can put drums on it, make your own pattern. You could put a guitar on it, make your own pattern. There's endless possibilities. But the depth of Ableton goes into the processings and the audio effects and the basic concepts that you can get out of this program as far as... Um, creating a cinematic idea or taking something that's flat recorded and putting reverbs onto it to appear to be through a hallway or something that otherwise you would not be able to recreate um we're getting deep yeah. yeah deep yeah i, I mean like if it. you can if you can think it we can do it on ableton that's yeah. kind of how i look like at that whatever I, sound you want I, to do you can like you I can mean, make an elephant sound like yeah. a lemon drop like or a dolphin yeah we, we recently <laughs> used a couple uh beer can cracks let's say yeah. to yeah. uh create some percussion and if we didn't tell you that you probably wouldn't know it but as to far as released, getting creative yeah. <laughs> we also drank them but yeah it's yeah. all part of the process i mean yeah if there's a cold there's a cool um, creative sense to Ableton because there really is no limitation. That's why I like it. it I've never had an experience on Ableton or heard other people saying, oh, I couldn't get this noise out of it. So mm. that's the and then the why newest, it's worth it. Yeah, I literally can do anything. You're, I mean, it's the, the sky is the literal limit and not even that. I kind of think it's like a toolbox, basically. Mm. So, you know, instruments are all tools, but there's also all of these effects that are also tools, and there's plugins that are tools. I mean, just And we create of, stuff all the time, too. It's endless. You yeah. know, you'll have a, a million combinations until they don't have combinations anymore so so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna dumb it way down but think of it as like um 
just an eternity of camera filters for sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, just an infinite amount of changes that you can make um, to the sounds, and it just—it's just, just mind-blowing to to look at. I think the the newest toy in our little uh, tool belt is a record player that can be downloaded into Ableton, so you can take little snippets and samples. I mean, last night these. Jokers had on belly dancing music and they're like, ah, it's the best thing you've ever heard. And then she came in in the morning and we had a full song recorded. <laughs> Bollywood <laughs> beats, bring your records to us. Yep. Yeah, every, I mean, that's another thing. The, the concepts that people haven't thought of or that don't really think about a lot, mm -hmm. like having a vinyl just sitting at your house, dusty record. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool that we can apply the equipment that they have nowadays to make something completely new out of it. Yeah. I mean, how many people would turn over in their graves right now if we told them we were sampling vinyl of <laughs> what they recorded out in Jamaica, you know? And right. That is insane. Then putting some uh, crazy plugins on it and making it sound You know, there's a lot of music like on, the, on the internet, but there's a lot of music on vinyls that have that's never been heard by anybody. Mm -hmm. So the the way that we get to use that and... You know, just have fun. This is what we love to do. So it's like a whole new world for us to throw a new vinyl on and just let it record, mm -hmm. take little samples out of it. So I would encourage our audience to, you know, the next time you're listening to music, um, really listen to the sounds that are plugged in. I've started doing this since we've started the studio and I've learned about Ableton and it's it's really crazy. Like just going back to the belly dancing record for a minute. I yeah. mean, there's all kinds of sounds in there that you could just pluck out, you know, a little tambourine or a little sitar or whatever they're using in there. And, you know, a little three second, five second clip, whatever it is, you can, you know, morph that clip and and slow it down, speed it up, whatever it is and uh, install that into a, a song with live drums, live guitar, live vocals, live, you know, bass guitar, all of those elements and adding in together. But I really strongly encourage you guys, really listen. Don't just, you know, oh, yeah, that's a catchy riff or whatever. What is going on in that song? Mm. What are you hearing? What listen to? I guarantee you it will, it will blow your mind when you really start trying to dissect that song into pieces of sounds. That was a term I was going to use, track dissection. Yeah. That's something I have found is amazing and disabling at the same time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I have gotten so deep into listening to parts of music that I have sometimes lost actually listening to music, yeah. which is crazy because I'm yeah. sitting there going, this is a good song, but that damn snare. Right. And I'm like, yeah. holy crap, just like listen to the song, man. But yeah. that's a cool thing when you start thinking about music because it's like art. I've always thought about, like we were explaining Ableton earlier, I think about it as painting Absolutely. music on a, you know, that's the way you get to paint because mm -hmm. you get to combine so many colors and blend stuff. But like you said, when you dissect a song, you have to kind of know what it looks like. Right. So seeing Ableton shows you that track list where everything is individualized and then you can see what's on individual noises. Mm -hmm. So like if someone's recording a drum and a guitar and a vocal at a recording studio, they have different effects over each one of those sure yep. but when you think about it it's a whole bunch more than just 
individual things. It's a whole mix and a master and a blend. And mm -hmm. it's hard to wrap your mind around it without seeing it. So I'm glad you brought up mixing and mastering because that's another um, little point of education that I would like to talk about. Um, so you... You get through a song, you put all the bits and pieces together, you really like it, all the levels sound good, you've got the right filters on, the uh, producer's happy, the artist is happy, then it moves into mixing and mastering mode. What does that look like? As far as the tracking process goes from ground up, you have to figure out what instruments you want, you layer those together in whatever pattern or sequence you like and then you have to tweak everything to make them all fit so what you're doing while mixing mastering is raising levels up to a certain point there's a zero decibel level that you're trying to get to every mixing mastering engineer is trying to get a certain volume they've been calling it the loudness wars for years hmm. so anybody who brings you music you have to basically fight against them or what they've done to the song to equal everything and level everything so if their starting point wasn't as good or it wasn't proper, then you have to go in and tweak everything else to fit that gotcha. frequency. Okay. So a mixing mastering engineer is hoping that the person who gives them their files or stems has somewhat of a knowledge of base, you know, starting points for frequencies and blah, blah, blah. And stem is? A stem is the individual uh, instrument or track that somebody would send to you. So let's say you make a whole song, there's 10 tracks in that song. Those 10 tracks would be one, two, three, guitar, four, five, six, vocals, seven, eight, nine, percussion, and so on and so forth. Then you have your drums and blah, blah, blah. But they're all individualized when you're making music. Mm -hmm. And when it gets mixed together, that's the term mix, you have to squash all of those individual instruments into one file. So that's where it gets difficult within picking the numbers on each individual file and making mm -hmm. sure that they're not going to col um, collide and it'll sound good in your car and your phone and your laptop because mm -hmm. everything um, has a reference and you have to basically see what it's going to be on everything else. So the mixing mastering process is almost the understanding for what the song needs to sound like. Okay. Because every song starts in a different spot. There's... <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> There's uh, big bass, small bass. Um, you have to basically judge on where the song is going to be the loudest and the most powerful and then tweak everything from there. And so, that is the sole discretion of the producer? Yes, and there's quite a few people nowadays, I would say, more so uh, than back in the day, that are trying to get a distorted noise out of out of the mixing mastering engineer. I mean, you can bring a product to somebody recorded off your iPhone and it could be what the kids want to hear nowadays mm -hmm. or whatever your um, your producer is trying to go for so in other words you know that scratchy vinyl sound for instance oh this is what I want to hear yeah. so you can apply a filter to give it that vinyl-y sound exactly yeah okay. just recently I've um, experienced the crispness of an actual vinyl compared to something called a plug-in, which is a basically a pop-up window on your computer that you can pay for, and it will uh, duplicate or show you, or basically create the uh, effect of a vinyl rather than physically recording it. So it's all up to the listener or the 
producer's mindset as far as that goes because okay. Ableton really can do a lot. So, I in mean, that in that process of mixing and mastering, do you as the producer bring in the artist? I mean, I know I said it's at your sole discretion, but like I can imagine if I was the artist and the producer came back with my mixed and mastered thing and it was so bass heavy and that's not what I had envisioned, then what happens at that point? I feel like it's important to have all sections of the party there okay. um, when the mixing mastering process is going on um, or at least the concept needs to be relayed first off because um, as far as projects go, you kind of want to know where that dude's mind is before you even right. start because that will make the whole rest of the deal so much easier. It's like saying, I want to build a house, and then the dude tells you eight months later, oh, I wanted a pool, but we didn't figure that beforehand, you know? <laughs> right. I was like, I can put a pool in your backyard, but <laughs> I'm going to have to go through your house with a backhoe. Right. So you should have told me that before. Gotcha. Um, okay, good, stuff good like analogy. That. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good analogy. Mm -hmm. And in music, it sucks because you have to really kind of dig into somebody's mind it's almost like yeah. a, an architect a great friend of mine recently told me that he's like you are a sound engineer but you're more of an architect because you have to f put yourself in that other person's shoes when you're designing something mm -hmm. whether it be yeah. audio or a house mm -hmm. you have to think of like if i'm this guy in this kitchen what am i going to grab most often what am i going to what drawer am i going to look for and i try to apply that to music as well because that's someone's mind creating that you know mm-hmm an idea or image so let's talk about our goals for the studio all right let's do it go tyler all right <laughs> goal up. number one well we really haven't talked about too many um goals i would say but i i would say our our biggest one is to have a bigger studio one day boom yeah right definitely yeah, I mean, you know, we're, I feel like we're not, we're out of the concept phase now, and now we are in the startup phase, mm -hmm. still in the startup phase, yeah, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So, we're, you know, making our way towards building a bigger studio, um, you know, another big goal that we just um, kind of talked about and kind of launched is our sponsorship program mm -hmm. um so you know at the collab we want to sponsor young aspiring artists or really any aspiring artists who have never been in a studio and they love to play music um you know they might be live performers who've just mm -hmm. never had a chance to record in a studio so we want to link donors with these artists so that they can have their own studio time and get, you know, products out of it, like songs or anything, so. Yeah, and we can help with distribution yeah. and marketing and all of that. Um, and confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah confidence. absolutely. I we want them to be proud sure. of, yeah, we want them to be absolutely proud. A any artist that comes in here, we want you to be absolutely 100% proud of the product that you're getting uh, i mean it's after all it's their you know it's their name on it definitely um and all of us are extremely acutely aware of the excellence that we want to be producing mm -hmm. out of our studio um so yeah i think that's that's a really important thing that the donor 
sponsorship program is that was uh, a <clears throat> really important thing to me when starting the studio uh, because I feel like there's so much talent out there and sometimes the means just don't follow right away. It's right. such a hard, hard business to get going on. And even trying to book gigs without your, um, I forget what they call it, EPK or some, your electronic um, promotion kit or something like that. You know, all of the big um, restaurants and bars around here, they want to see that you've got some, you know, success under your belt. And just like Nate being in his home studio for 10 years, how many musicians are in their, you know, bedroom, banging away every day and mm -hmm. have written songs. And I mean, I hate to bring up American Idol, but how many, you know, people on there that they go on there and they're ridiculously talented, but they're, they have no means of doing anything with it. Right. So the donor program is extremely important to us. And please, if you know anybody, if you want to become a part of that, definitely hit us up. Mm -hmm. You can email us at info at the-co-lab.com. Um, you can call us at 727-914-9888. Hey, call us. Yeah, because um, we'd love to... <laughs> We'd love to hook you up. If you're an aspiring musician, please reach out. We want to help you. We want to help not just, you know, get you in here, grab your money, and send you on your way. Um, we really want to be involved with each artist and promoting and distributing and getting you that, that push that you need. Um, if you're looking for a studio that, you know, you go get hammered and smoke 10 blunts and then come into the studio, this is not your spot. Right. Um, we are, we are in it to have fun. Absolutely. And there's a time and place for, you know, that I certainly love my beer. Um, <laughs> come to our 420 party. <laughs> yeah. 420 at House 420 of Beer. House of now beer. that we're talking about beer. Right. <laughs> promoting music all day for sure. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to make sure that that, that message is abundantly clear. Um, we are we are here to to make music and to make really good music and what in whatever form that speaks to you and that you know you are creating. That's us. Mm -hmm. Let us help you. I love that you just said that honestly because I I could be real honest. I have been in studios previously throughout my career and said. I am not feeling this vibe right now. Yeah. And those are the most expensive studios I've been yeah. in. And those, I mean, the, no names to be thrown out, but I would love to just be with someone I'm comfortable with in a studio. That is priceless to me. As far as me going to another person for uh, my audio needs or anything such as that, or just even hanging out, you know, if I'm paying for something, I want to be comfortable and know that that person has my best interest. So I can say us three have the best yeah. interest for ourselves as yeah. far as what we want to provide as uh, people. And then we just happen to have a sweet spot to do it at. Yeah. So, I, I you think, know. you know, you hit on a really good point as, as a producer is you want the best interest. You're for not sure. looking out for your interest. You have this, you know, uncanny way of listening to 
the artists and what the artists are looking for. And I mean, they could say like, I want it to sound like purple sponge cake. And you'd be like, yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. And then you come up with some sound and there it is. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know what purple sponge cake sounded like, but now I do. That's it. Is that a real thing? No. I just made it up. I will well, be making that's a what you purple do. sponge cake that's, that's song next, coming up here soon. That's the next song title. <laughs> just to show you guys what we can do as far as that goes. But Yeah, but I've been in the studio, not a lot, but enough, and I've been in the studio with producers who have their own agenda and their own likes and dislikes and totally not caring about what the artist wants. Mm-hmm. Well, as and a, it's unbelievable. We've had the tens of tens people here, whatever, yeah. <laughs> who, whoever's been here. Thank you. We Still love you. Still in my lines. Love you. I, I've <laughs> never thought about anyone who's come in here as a client. I think about music as the client. Yeah. Oh, and then I man. think about these people nice. as cool friends that come nice. in and we just get to meet because I bartended for a long time and that was a thing where you get to go into your day job and kind of do a weird service for people where you're hooking them up and hurting them at the same Mm. time and you got to be personal and care about individuals as far as like that guy doesn't need another one or that guy does need another one yeah (laughs) you gotta be like chill out tell these people how you know and engineering really does go the same way or even the music industry because you got to feel these people out everyone if you're doing music if you're doing music you have the mindset of i am gonna put everything into that and that's it otherwise you're not going to make it that's mm-hmm. how i feel with music so mm-hmm. your heart's got to be there and then if two people see that in each other that's where they're going to connect otherwise i can't get down with somebody who tells me that they're loving it but doesn't show me because mm. right. my 10 years of being in the room with tyler coming over jumping on the trampoline going <laughs> damn you're still working on that song i'm like i gotta make it right man mm-hmm. like yeah. that's what makes you know someone care about stuff and i can say i appreciate just you two being serious about this because we are here for a reason and we're going to keep rolling and anyone else who wants to jump on board, let's go. Absolutely. Hit up the collab. Yeah. I kind of wanted to go back to kind of like our purpose too. you know, we are a full blown music studio, um, but we also do podcasting. And I think this is like a a newfound glory for us, for all of us, because we've never done this before. (laughs) And I feel like we're good at it and we, we enjoy it. And, you know, that's another part of kind of the, the thing that we want to grow here too, is we, we like to support our community and we want to see our friends and, you know, other, um, acquaintances or and pe- help them, and yeah. pe- people yeah. around us that, you know, we want to uplift people and we want to, you know, give them the, the light that they deserve as well. And um, the platform, platform and getting their message out. Yeah. It's, you know? it's yeah. really important, you know, yeah. for all of our stories to be heard. Yeah, so. definitely. And we all have a story to tell, yeah. you know, whether you want to share that is, is up to you, but man, just in the, in the short amount of time we've been doing this, and, and some stuff comes out after we shut the mics off. Yeah. You know, sometimes the best stuff comes out either before we start or, mm-hmm. you know, after we shut down. So I'm, I'm kind of tempted to just yeah. hit record when they yeah. walk in and see. And then, okay, cut, but not really cut because, know. you know. I remember with Vic, it was like we could have left the, the mic on for another 15 minutes. Yeah. It would have been perfect. Yeah, he was, he was so entertaining. Yeah. I was happy to have him retired a new york police officer yeah, go check out vic's podcast yeah. on spotify yeah YouTube, go call SoundCloud. vic <laughs> what uh, what number was he was he 
five, four or five? I think he was six. Okay. Anyways, we don't have that many. It won't be that hard to find Vic Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can uh, find his books too yeah, on Amazon. For sure. But yeah. Ridiculously funny and entertaining. All of our guests have been amazing. Yes. Not to single out Vic. No, I know. We have know. really enjoyed everybody, and yeah. everybody has brought a really good uh, message mm-hmm. to the table. So, so, yeah, we're definitely looking for more stories, more you know, local businesses, entrepreneurs. Um, if you have a message to share, please reach out to us. If you want to do your own podcast, this is what we're here for as well. You don't necessarily need us you know, here interviewing you. If you feel like you want to do your own, we've got all the equipment and it's really, really good. So don't worry about buying all that crap. We got it here. Um, and we know how to distribute to all of the main platforms. Right. So, you know, with, iTunes, within, Spotify, within SoundCloud. a very yeah. short time, we can get everything up and, you know, you know, we can help with branding, whatever you want to do. Yeah. We, we're here. Yeah. The creative director can draw you a logo. I could draw you logos. <laughs> I can make you NFTs. <laughs> I get you a Facebook page going, whatever you want. That's for sure. Well, I feel like we've we've covered kind of everything. I think this was I mean completely unscripted, right. by the way. Yeah. So some of these things maybe we didn't want to share, but some some things <laughs> it's out there now. Yeah. Like I know the sponsorship program that was like I literally just put that on the website yeah. the other day. Yeah. And yeah, that was good though. I that think, was great. I'm yeah. glad you you said that. Yeah. That's perfect. It's definitely something that we want to promote. Here, yeah. So Nate, what we miss, buddy? I want to get on the mic more often. This is fun. All yeah. right. I'm gonna get out of my uh, Wizard of Ozville over here and start yeah. speaking to the people. Cause... You don't hate you don't hate podcasts. You nah, just... I just hate TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of TikTok, it is important. So <laughs> yes, but so is. are all you listeners out there. So I appreciate you guys just. Booping in and listening because yeah. this is cool. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Let us know what we, really we can do. I mean, it. we love criticism, good criticism, you know, bad yeah, criticism, sure. anything. Yeah. Just let us anything. know how it yeah. sounds. And it's always constructive. What's uh, what's good with this stuff? Because yeah. we want to be better every day. And and for our friends and more market, we are definitely ready to rock and roll. So if you've got anybody, please send them our way. I I assure you, your referral uh, will be taken care of in the best way possible absolutely um, we we can't wait to get rocking and rolling and uh excited to find you know and help help people yeah so. and too you know i i also think me and nate and christina i think we i mean we could do a mobile podcast yeah if, if it ever came down to it we could do something like that so that's something that you're interested in as well you sure know? yeah we can come to you we come to you yeah we come to your business good call we make beef jerky too. And yeah. we got beef jerky at 420. Yeah. On the 420 right, party. Right. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. All right. I feel like this was really awesome. I'm glad we got our message out there. And I'm really proud of us. And I can't wait to see what the next steps are. So yeah. thank y'all for listening. Yes. Peace out. Peace out.